Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for yet another day. Thank you for your word this morning, that the entrance of your word will bring forth light and understanding to the simple. That as we go into your word, let there be revelation, let there be insight, let there be transformation. Open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, open our hearts to know what you are saying. Let there be a download from heaven directly into our spirit that would cause total transformation of lives. Father, we thank you as you speak through me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said, amen. This morning, again, we'll be looking at fulfilling the kingdom mandate, but this time, we'll be looking at faith for the impossible. Faith for the impossible. Are you facing a situation this morning that looks practically impossible? Have you received news, a message, maybe a letter from the doctor that says that you are facing this very serious medical situation? Have you received a negative report? That looks unmovable, unchangeable. Are you facing a long standing mountain? A situation that, in the natural, in the practical, looks as if you are done for. I have news for you. You are the one that God is sending me to this morning. You are the one that God has sent me to. He's given me a word for you to let you know that there's no hopeless situation in him. To let you know that Christ in you is the hope of glory. No matter the news. Yes, the, the report, the negative report. No matter how bad situation might be looking this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. It's not over until it is over. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And I'll be taking you to the world. We'll be looking at how exactly do we transform our impossibilities into possibility. And I'll take you to the book of Luke, chapter number 1, from verse number 26. That's where we start the journey from. Luke, chapter 1, from verse number 26. It's quite interesting that in all the accounts of the gospel on the birth of Jesus... Only the beloved physician actually gave us this particular account of this bath. And I'll be reading from verse number 26. It reads, and I quote, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. But there's something that I want to point out there. Be reading from the New King James Version. If you look at the title, if you have a Bible like mine, it says, Christ bath announced. Christ's birth announced that this was a prophetic announcement. This was a prophetic declaration. And eventually the story continued. And now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, 28, and 28, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. 
The Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. You can imagine. Put yourself in the shoes of Mary. Uh, this particular scenario. And you, you can imagine what she must have been going through at this time. 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying. And consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Number 13. And behold, you will conceive, then the angel said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. It will be great and it will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Praise God. I am so glad that we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We belong to a kingdom that cannot be what? Overthrown. We belong to a kingdom that will not work, that will not end. It cannot be voted out. You cannot change it. It will remain forever. Before time was, this kingdom has been. And at the end of time, it will continue to remain. Verse number 34. It's not like the prime minister or the premier that they have what is called terms. They use their term and they are gone. Hallelujah. But this kingdom remains forever. 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. 35. Then this angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, for her who was called what? Barren. Who has been calling her, did God call her barren? <laughs> we'll find out. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I will read this particular account uh, again from the, t from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation, if you have the New Living Translation, you can open to it. From verse number 26, New Living Translation. The birth of Jesus foretold. The birth of Jesus foretold. 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary said, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. That is why the gospel is not, you can't think the gospel. You can't just reason it out. In fact, if you try to reason it out many times, you end up being confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. You know, and then verse number 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God, and then you will conceive and give birth to his son, and you will name him what? Jesus. He will be very great, and will be called the son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. 
and it will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Bastard, and Mary asked the angel, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. 35. Then the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. People who now we had, say the one that was called barren. Who are people calling her barren? People, not God. Not God. Be careful. Name that people have been calling you that God has not called you. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Verse number 38. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant, and I'm willing to accept whatever, whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. Let me make this, you know, I'm, let me start off with this. The New Testament church is supernatural. It's not just a natural occurrence. The church is not an organization. The church is an organism. The Spirit of the God is the one living inside his people, propelling things and causing things to happen. The New Testament church is supernatural. What do I mean by that? It's the super of God coming on the natural to produce what others call the impossible. The super of God coming upon our natural, our natural weaknesses, our natural tendencies, whatever it is. But when we allow the super of God to come upon it, then that which looks impossible is what turned around and it becomes possible. And this morning, I'll be taking us, we'll be looking at this story. And we will look at the things that God has given to us there. Because in this case, verse 37, again, you find the Bible recorded. You find the Bible mentioned, for nothing is impossible with God. Or if you are reading the New King James Version, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want you to say it, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I can't hear you. Say that to yourself. Let your spirit man catch that. Let your spirit man lay hold on that. That for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible with God. Number one thing I want us to note in this story is this. The Bible says, look at the title there, the birth of Jesus foretold. The New Testament church is not just a supernatural church. It, the New Testament New Testament church is prophetic. It's prophetic. You cannot experience the supernatural. You cannot turn impossibilities into possibilities without first of all lay hold on the prophetic word. Note this. Mark this. Don't ever forget this. That whenever you are confronted with any situation, whenever you are facing any circumstance, the first thing that most people look at is the enormity or how big the mountain is or how unmovable the how challenging the situation is. Don't do that. The thing you need to start to look on or put your focus upon is what has God said about it? What has God said about it? 
Look at it. Before the angel, you know, in, in, in talking about this announcement to Mary, look at I love it the way New Living Translation has put it. It said the birth of Jesus foretold. The birth of Jesus prophesied. The birth of Jesus declared. Because God will never do anything without first of all revealing it to his servants, the prophets. Anything that God will do, God is not a lawbreaker. It will not just come in, no. It will start to what? To show you. It will start to what? Prepare you. It will start to what? Say something to you. Let me tell somebody said, is that true? Let me take us to Amos chapter 3 verse number 7. Amos chapter 3 verse number 7. Whatever thing, oh, maybe you have received that negative report. Maybe you have received the report from the doctor. Maybe you have received a report. What exactly has God said about that situation? What did God say about it? What is he saying about it? Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Amos 3 verse 7. He says, surely. I can't hear you. Say surely. Say surely. Meaning certainly the Lord God does nothing. Not that the Lord God will, do, will not do some things. He said he does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servant, the prophet. Why? Because he has chosen in his wisdom to war to make you or partners together with him in fulfilling his purpose on the face of the earth. We are his workmanship. He will not just come and do things. He wants to work with you. He wants to work with us. Why? Because that is the way he has just ordained it in his kingdom. So surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Not that, to his servants, not just to prophets, to his servants, the prophets. I mean, those who will carry out the instruction that will give them. Those who are willing to serve his purpose and his plans. Those who will make his purpose and his plan their priority. So he will reveal it to his servants, the prophet. Let's look at it in New Living Translation. Amos 3, verse number 7. The New Living Translation. What does it say? It says, Indeed, the sovereign Lord... Indeed, the sovereign Lord does nothing until he reveals his plan to his servants, the prophets. Oh, but always, first of all, you know, the sovereign Lord does nothing, anything, until he reveals his plan to his servants, the prophets. He will not, first of all, he will just do things. He will want to talk to his prophets. He want to reveal it to his servants, the prophets. He want to prepare them for what he's about to do. What is the challenge? The challenge is many times we are not sensitive enough to see the signs he's showing us. Sometimes he's, you know, he's showing us the sign. He's revealing the things to us. He's talking to us. But because we are not sensitive, we are not picking those signs. And the signs are meant to prepare us for the things that are about to come so that we are not caught unawares, that we are prepared and we are ready for it. God will not do anything without what? Without revealing it to his servants, the prophets. So what exactly is the key there? What is God saying about that? That's the beginning part. Not the report you have received, not what the person is saying, not what that person is saying, not what the circumstances are saying, not what the situation is saying, but what you need to find out is what has God said. Whose report will you believe? I say, whose report will you believe? Who, whose, whose, whose word will stand at the end of the day? 
Is it man that is here today and gone tomorrow? Is it man that, that you're not even sure whether you survived that day? Is it man that you don't even know? You know? But look at God. What God says about it is what we eventually will stand. So what you need to find out is what has God said about it. What is God saying about it? The moment you find out, the moment you know what God is saying about it, they hold on to it. Hold on to it. Verse number 26. Let's go there. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee. Luke 1, 26. It was sent by what? By God to a city of Galilee named what? Nazareth. Named Nazareth in the sixth month. God works in times and seasons. God works in times and seasons. What does that mean? There is a season. God works in what is called the Kairos times in the workings of God, in the plans of God. The moment, first of all, lay hold on the prophetic word. Number two, God works in time and season. Why didn't the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary in the what? Tenth month or even before now. Why is it that now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth? Because it was time for this particular, what was time for Jesus to what? To come onto the face of the earth. It was time for eternity to enter into time. It was time for what? For heaven to descend upon the earth. It was time for the story of man to be totally transformed and be changed forever. It was time from this, from history to not just be a natural account of events, but to become his story of what? Of God entering into the affairs of man. It was time. And what has God been saying to us? That what? Now he will arise. And have what? Mercy upon Zion. I don't know about you. Maybe your focus is look at what I'm going through. Look at what is going through. That will not change the situation. That will not bring what? Turn around the, that impossible looking situation. Why do you meditate on the wrong things? Why do you focus on the wrong things? God gives us a word. Yes, you declare it, especially when you are, when maybe we are in a prayer meeting, or maybe we are with pastor. You say yes, 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 yes. But the moment you leave there, the moment you're on your way home, the moment you are driving home, and when of when, when pastor will not be there with you, then the enemy comes and say, "Are you sure?" He said, "That's true." Look at this problem you're facing. How can this thing change? How can that thing change? You know what is 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 trying to ensure that your heart or your spirit does not lay hold on that word. It now gives you an alternative for you to be meditating on. And the moment you start to meditate on that, you what happens? It will displace the word you have had, and that one now takes what the place of prominence in your spirit. And the moment is rooted in your spirit. There's no power on that, that can stop it from coming to pass. Worry is. Meditating on the wrong things. That is worry. Worry is meditating on the wrong things. Worry is like a rocking chair. All what? All motion but no movement. All motion but no movement. It's like sitting on you are rocking the chair like this. 
You are what? The chair is, but you are not going anywhere. After worrying and worrying and worrying and worrying, at the end of the day, you still remain in the same position. There's not been any change. Instead of worrying on how bad things are, how these, or instead of preparing to, how, how am I going to explain this situation, why don't you try and go back to the word that God gave you? Why don't you go back to the word that God gave you? I shared this with us many, many years ago. I've not forgotten it. 1991, it was my birthday. And I said, Lord, I won't be asking for anything. I won't be saying, come and give me this, come and give me that. You know, I, I want to counsel you from time to time. Just, just do that. You know, one day out of all this, you know, this prayer time, we just spend it just praising God, just thanking God, just acknowledging God. We do that on Fridays by sharing our testimonies to return and give him glory. But we just praise him. We just praise him. We just praise him. We just praise him. I was doing that on that day. And he said to me, go to Joshua 1.8. Go to Joshua 1.8. And I went to Joshua 1.8. And I've not forgotten uh, from that day, 1991, up to this present moment. 1991 to this time is about 30 years now. I went back to it. I went to Joshua 1.8, and I saw there. said, do not allow this book of the law to depart from where? <laughs> to depart from your mouth. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Amen. But you shall what? When you are speaking, and your prominent conversation is about how things have not worked, your dominant conversation is about, oh, this particular problem. Oh, this particular mountain. Oh, this particular issue. You are not following Joshua 1.8. It said, this book of the law shall not depart from what? From your mouth. But you shall what? Meditate on it day and night. You shall meditate on it during the day alone. You shall meditate on it during service, 10.30 to 12.30. You shall meditate on it when you are with pastor. No, you shall meditate in, on it day and night. What does it mean to meditate? What does it mean to meditate? That is why I miss sanctuary worship. I've been asking some of us right now, what does it mean to meditate? 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 To think deeply? To ruminate? So pause and just, and just focus your thinking on that particular matter. Like the word seller in the Psalms. Is that what the word meditate means? Yes. But beyond that, it also means to re-speak. Because when you are filled with something, it will come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You cannot be speaking something. Different from what your heart is what is full of. What your heart is filled with eventually will come out. It's a question of time. It's a question of time. So he says, rather than meditating on the wrong things, meditate on my word so that you may, be, you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have what? Good success. You have good success if you meditate on the word. So look at it here. Look at it here. 
The word came. God works in time and seasons. And, you know, Gabriel was sent to announce this word to Mary in a city of Galilee, an unknown person in an unknown city. Before this time, Nazareth, you will never find Nazareth mentioned in the Bible. Before this particular event, Nazareth was a non-entity, totally without any word. Nobody reckons with it. But you know God was reckoning with it. Amen. Maybe nobody's reckoning with you. God is reckoning with you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So what has God been speaking to us in this season? That what? You will arise. And what? Have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her. Yes. The said time. I can hear you. What is the word that God is giving to us now? For what? You will arise. And have what? For the time to what? To favor her. The said time has come. That is the word that God is giving us. So lay hold on that word. Let me, let me read it to you in the TPT. It says, I know you are about to arise and show your tender love to Zion. Now is the time. Now is the time. Look at 20, verse 26. Now. Now. There's something about now. The now church experiencing the now world. The now church experiencing the now world. Now is the time. If you lay hold on that. Uh, and let me say this. Let me say this. You know, when you say, yes, now is the time. The enemy will look and say, okay, let me test him out. Let me try and put a little bit of shaking. Let me try and put a little bit of, and then he say, oh, I don't know what. You, you, you're forgotten that you've been saying now is the time. You've forgotten you've been saying now is time. Now in the sixth month, there's something about the now. Now. For now is the time that the Lord, no, now is the time, Lord, for your compassion and mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come for your prophetic promises to be fulfilled. The appointed time has come. We are in a now season. For us as a church, we are in a now season. The word that God has given to us, the word that God has been speaking to us, is a year of open doors and limitless possibilities. Now is the time. I was getting ready for the, for, the, for the word this morning, getting ready for the service this morning, and he spoke a word to me that practically was beyond human comprehension. And he said, expect that in 12 months. I was like, what? But I will not allow my mind to limit the word that he has said. I lay hold on the word. I say, yes, in 12 months. As you know that, even though he said, expect it in 12 months, as far as God was concerned, the moment the word was spoken, the circumstances around it has already changed. But he will need you to agree with it because we are creation of time. And it takes time for our faith to take hold. He said in 12 months, I believe, and I want to say it, that be, if you believe this, it will be yours too, that the difference between this year and next year for you will be the difference between night and day. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you must recognize what time is it? What is God saying at this time? And whatever God is saying, be careful by allowing contrary situations. The moment we line up, 
the moment we believe the word, you, you experience manifestation. Recognize the time. Because recognizing the time is a major key to experiencing manifestation. Recognizing the time. There's a time in God. God is a God of time and seasons. Let me take you to 1 Chronicles 12, 32. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. What does it say? 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It reads and I quote. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times. Of the sons of what? Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were how many? 200. You know, there's no time that I read this that it does not sometimes break my heart. You know, why is it that those with understanding of the times were just 200? And all their brethren were their command. If you go to 33, you say, or maybe we should go to 31, so that we can, we can see it in context. Of the tribe of Manasseh, how many? 18,000 who were designated by name to come and make David king. Then 32. Of sons of Issachar, how many were in the tribe of Manasseh? 18,000. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of times to know what Israel ought to do, how many were they? The chiefs were just 200. And all their brethren, all their meaning that the entire Israel were their command. 33. Of Zebulun, there were how many? 50,000. Who went out to battle, expert in war, with all weapons of warfare, stout-hearted men who could keep ranks. But who was commanding them? Sons of Issachar in 32. Now let's go to 34. Of, of Naphtali. 1,000 captives. With them, how many? 37,000 with shield and spear. 35. The Danaidu could keep battle formation. How many were there? 28,600. Now let's go back to 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Of the sons of Issachar, the ones with understanding of the times, how many? 200. Can you see? It's still the same today. It's still the same today that you see many in the church are without understanding. You see those with understanding a lot of times, you know, they're just a proportion of the total number. But I'm trusting God that we're going to turn this around in the name of Jesus. It won't just be a few with understanding, it will be everyone with understanding in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe at this time of the sons of Issachar, they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, but you have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. We should not lack understanding. Amen. We should not lack understanding of the times. Know that God works in times and seasons. The moment you know what God is saying in a particular season, you just line up with it. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three things. Remember, how do you turn impossibilities into possibilities? Number three, from verse number 30. Luke 1, verse number 30. Point number three, from verse number 30, Luke 1, 30. The, look at it, 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, 
and shall call his name what? Jesus. 32. He will be greater and be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Look at that. What exactly is happening there? God's declaration was preceding the manifestation. The angel came and said, Mary, you don't worry. You're going to conceive in your womb. And you, you conceive in your womb. And you give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. Or you give him the name Jesus. And then he will be very great. At this time, as Mary conceived, was the baby in her womb? Of course not. But the pronouncement was preceding the manifestation. The declaration was coming before the manifestation would take place. It's a principle of heaven. Before you experience manifestation, you must be willing to make declarations. If you don't declare it, you don't experience it. Meaning that what God has said to you, and, I, and let me say this, I'm not saying go about telling just anybody, because don't cast your peers before swine. They will turn, they will trample on it, and they will dismantle it. Don't go and tell somebody that will say, you know, that pour cold water on what you are declaring. But you can declare it to yourself. You can declare it in your room alone. You, you can declare it. You can declare it that this is what God is saying to me. You can declare it to your husband. You can declare it to your wife. You can declare it to your friend. At least those that will agree with you. Those that will agree with you. And you can declare it when something contrary is, being, is, is, is taking place that is contrary to the word of God. Because you, know, you believe that this is what God is saying. And a contrary situation is happening. It's the time to declare that word. It's time to release the spirit and the power of the word to confront that contrary situation to start to cause it to align with the things that you are believing. You must learn to declare. You must learn to declare. And if you are, for example, you are with those who do not believe. Let's say you've been diagnosed that this is it, this is it, this is it. The doctor says, oh, this is the situation. That's the situation. You can't make this. You can't do that. Don't keep quiet and sit down under that particular counsel and soak it in and receive it. If it's you are with a doctor that you can talk to, that you relate with, you have a relationship with it, say, well, uh, thank you, doctor. I know what you're saying, but I believe this is what God said. This is what the Bible is saying. And if you're with someone that will get angry if you mention the name of God, that's why you need to be very, very careful. The doctor that you go to, who are your doctors? Why do you also have to go to a doctor that gets angry when you mention the name of your God? I remember I went for a checkup not too long, and it, I entered the office of my, of, of my GP, and he said, oh, how are you? I said, praise God. And I didn't plan to say that. The word just came. You know, he didn't say anything. <laughs> Probably because he has asked me before, I said, there was a time he was saying, no, you need to make, you need to do some things. And I said, well, I'll do that and also pray about it. He said, pray. I said, yes, I'll also pray about it. So this time around, when I said, praise God, he just kept quiet. I said, well, the man has come again. You know, praise the name of the Lord. But thank God he understands me. He doesn't, he's not against what I believe. But if you are with, and he says, this is it. That is it. Learn to, if you will not, if the man will get angry, say it 
under your breath that know that this thing this is what God is saying about it. That's what God, don't just sit down there and let's just wrong things and everything be declared over your, over your life, over your body, over your situation. No, no, no. Don't just sit down there and receive the things. Don't just sit down there. What is God saying to you? Remember, we're talking about faith for the impossible. If you're going to turn what looks impossible in the natural, turn it around to possibilities, there are things that you must be, you must be doing. They, must be, they are deliberate. They are specific. If you don't do them, then you are willing to do without. But if you do those things, you can, there's no situation you can't turn around. There's no circumstance you can't change. There's none you can't change. I'm so absolutely, I absolutely believe that. There's none you can't change. If you find out what God has said about it, whose word will stand between the word of man and the word of God? If you let go, find out the word. What has God said about it? One of our sisters was sharing at the, at the, at the, at, you know, on Friday during the time of prayers. She received a letter that this thing will take place. You can't get it done. You know, it will take at least a month, at least a month. Others told her this thing will come to pass sometimes six weeks, sometimes months. But she has heard the word that the Lord will arise and have mercy upon her. That the time to favor us, yet the set time has come. And I said, Lord, this will not take, if it takes one month, six weeks, six months, then uh, when am I going to register? When am I going to get these things done? And she kept declaring that, Lord, this week it will be done. Why? This week it will be done. This week it will be done. By Friday, I want to have the registration. By Friday, I want to get it done. And Thursday came, Friday came, and there was nothing. And he said, Satan, she said, Satan showed up. I said, I thought you said this week. I thought you said today. I thought you said today. But he said she went back again and started thanking God. I started praising God. I started giving God praise. That day, this day, and then 5 p.m. came. The end of the day, nothing. But she didn't give up. She kept saying, why do you give up so easily? If you faint in the days of adversities because the strength is very small. Why do you give up so easily at the slightest pressure? You give up. Why do you give up so easily? Why do you give up? She didn't give up. 5 p.m. There was nothing. 6 p.m. There was nothing. I've never heard. I don't know about you. The letter came from the registration council at 9.40 p.m. 9.40 p.m. I thought they should have closed. They should have gone. But do you know what? The person that must send out this letter, the Holy Spirit will not leave the person. So you must send this out. And I'm declaring concerning you. That thing that you're expecting. And then whosoever is standing on it, sitting there, working on it, in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit will not leave them until they get it done. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the, the world, the, the, the Lord needs you to be agreeing with it. The Lord needs you to be declaring it. So you need to declare it. Because it's not just you sitting down doing nothing. I say, God, we do. And now you're saying something totally wrong, totally different, and then you expect it to manifest. No! And you even make it worse if you're speaking from the two sides of the mouth. When you're with pastor, yes, it will be done. Oh, yes! Or when you're listening to a word like this, it will be done. Then you get to your house. 
And then you, maybe you and your wife in the room. They, well, I, I said, how is that thing? Well, we don't even know. You start to say something different. But I thought the pastor, pastor said this now. I thought daddy said this now. Uh, well, 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 well. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then the next one, yes, 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 yes. yes. By the time you get out again, the enemy comes and says, look at it. It's so no, it's called yo-yo. Up, down, up, down, up, down. That's not consistent. That's not being consistent. Because in consistency lies the power. In consistency lies the power. He's not saying something in the morning. He's not saying something in the, during the service when the word of God is going on. And by the time you are now out of it, you're saying something. No, no, no. What has God said about it? The prophetic word. Number two is this. You know, remember what what has God said? God says things, and it works in times and seasons. What is He saying in that season to you? What has He said concerning that particular situation? Number three is this: declare what God has said. Declare what God has said. You know, when God opened my eyes to see, because all. For so many years, you've been saying, God changed the name of Abraham. God changed the name of Abraham. God did not just change the name of Abraham. God got Abraham to start to say what he has said about him through his name. He didn't just change the name. He wanted him to be saying the same thing. That they are saying the same thing. That they are saying the same thing. That they are saying the same thing. So you say the same thing with God. What he has said, declare it. Testify of it. If you are with your friends, also believe. That is why your best friends must not be unbelievers. Hello? Your best friends are those who don't, they don't share your faith. When you are with them, you can't talk about faith. It's about, hey, have you seen this? About that? You know, your best friend must be those who share the same faith with you. That you encourage one another in the faith. Encourage one another. So you are declaring, they say, yes, we agree with you. Come on, brother. Come Go for it. We agree with you. And you are declaring the same thing. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And in verse number 35, it says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that a baby that will be born will be what? Holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What is more? Your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. I want us to say that. Number four is that when it comes to the impossibilities of God, know that it can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Stop looking at yourself. We look at ourselves and you are discouraged. You look at your situation and you are down. You look at your finances and it's like, how can this thing happen? Why don't you trust in... Mary asks a question here. How can these things be done? It's, this is of universal application. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be done? Since I don't know a man, I do not know a man. And look at the answer that she was giving. And it's, the, was she told, don't worry, Mary. Yes, it will be done. Or don't worry, Mary. Uh, I know... Look at the answer that the Holy Spirit gave to her. The Holy Spirit. Because it's about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. 
Therefore, also that the Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. Stop looking to yourself and start to look to God. Looking unto God, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? Endure the cross. And what did he do also? Despising the shame. Looking unto Jesus. Let your focus be on the spirit of Jesus, on Jesus. Look unto him, not to yourself. Stop looking at, oh yes, look at me now. Look at my situation now. Start, start looking. Start to look what unto him. Because with God, you see it mentioned there in the next verse, 37. For with God, what? Nothing shall be impossible. New Living Translation says, For the word of God will never fail. For with the word of God will never fail. Amen. The word of God will never what? fail. It will never falter. I can stand there and be sharing with you testimonies and testimonies and testimonies and testimonies. But it's not about me sharing my testimony with you. It's about you being able to share your testimony by experiencing this word in manifestation in your life. That for with God, nothing will be impossible. Somebody say, yes, I know. That's God. How about me? I know nothing can. God is great. God can do anything. How about me? Maybe I need to take you to the book of Mark, chapter number 9, verse number 23. Verse number, let's go to Mark, chapter 9. Mark, chapter 9, uh, verse what? 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, what? All things are possible to him who what? Who believes that if you can believe it, which will take me to the last number five, the last key point that I want to share with you. I've shared four with you now. One, what is that? Lay hold on the prophetic word. Two, what is God saying in that season to you? Number three, declare what God is, has said, not what the circumstances are saying. Number four, Look unto the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will get the job done, not yourself. So start looking at yourself. Start to look to him. Start trusting. Because the more you look, the more discouraged you become. Why don't you learn to just look to the Holy Spirit? Look to the Holy Spirit. When you receive a letter that says that you have this condition, you have that condition, you can feel the pain there. You can feel the situation there, that the pain is truly there. But now what do you do? As long as you are focusing on the pain, you know, it will continue to work. But start to focus on what the word of God has said. It's the Holy Spirit that will get the job done. It's the Holy Spirit that will turn and it will guide you. It will show you what to do. It will take you to the steps. That's why we need to look to the Holy Spirit. You know, before I go into that next one, maybe I need to take you to Luke chapter 11 again. Luke chapter 11. He's just, saying to, he's just putting that in my heart that you need to show them this. Luke chapter 11 from verse number 1. Now it came to pass, he was praying in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us what? To pray, as John also taught his disciples. Verse number two. So he said to them, when you pray, say what? Our Father in heaven. I've explained all of that. I won't go into it. Get the tapes. Go back and listen to the messages there on YouTube. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Verse number three. Give us this day our daily bread. And then what? And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse number four. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, let me three loaves. And then for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, I have nothing to say before him. Still teaching about prayers. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me if the door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I said to you, even though he will not rise and give to him because his friend, yet because of his persistence or importunity or shamelessness, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Verse number nine. And I said to you, that's where exactly where I'm going. And I say to you, after teaching on prayers, and I said, now I'm saying to you, ask, and it will be what? Given to you. Seek, and you what? Find. Knock, and you what? Be open to you. Verse number 10. For everyone. How many? Only, only a few. Only the elders. Only pastor. No. Everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, what? And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Verse number 11. If a son now asks for bread from any father amongst you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. Will any father do that? Will a father, let's go back, will a father give his child his son, his daughter, who is asking for bread, will he give me a stone? Have you ever done that before? No father, will, no reasonable father will do that. If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he give me a scorpion? Verse number 13. Look at this. If you then been evil, the word evil there is, if you then who been natural or who are natural, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking? Meaning that you are asking for this, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Who will show you what to do? Who will show you the steps to take? Who will show you the plan to embark upon? Who will lead you? Who will guide you? That is why he said earlier on, when the message was being delivered to, the, to Mary, that the Holy Ghost will come upon you. That this is the Holy Spirit that will show, that will guide, that will lead you. It's the power of the Most High that can get this thing done, Mary. It is not going to be in your power. So the Father says, I will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. When you ask Him to lead you, when you ask Him to guide you, when you ask Him to help you, when you ask Him, the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. The Holy Spirit will show you what to do. You can't just put him in a box. He knows what to do, how to handle this situation, how to handle that situation. That's why we all need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So number four is this. Look to the Holy Spirit all the time. As you are on that journey, what will he say to you? It's like using the what? Using the... Uh, uh, is it GPS now or the navigation? The Holy Spirit is the word, the navigator that God has given unto us on the inside to lead us. We're going, he said, turn right, you turn right, you turn left, you turn left, and the rest of it until you get to destination. 
That's why it's so important developing our relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. Develop your relationship. Learn to look to Him. Amen. If you look to Him, you'll not be overwhelmed because it's the greater one that's living on your inside. Finally, number five, then Mary now said, Mary now said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Look at that. Can I put it to you that if Mary had not received everything that that angel had said, they would not, she would never have experienced them. She would never be in canonical scripture today. Even though God sent his angel to her, even though there was a supernatural manifestation, even though the word of God was declared to her, God needed Mary to agree. So which means that when the word of God is going forth, your agreement is vital, especially for you to experience it. Your agreement is needed for you to experience it. Mary said, behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to what? Your word. It was at that point that Mary plugged in. It was at that point that Mary would lay hold. It Mary personalized it. That yes, it is mine. Yes, it is mine. Yes, it is mine. Let me read it to you from the TPT. Then Mary responded saying, Yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he asks for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. As his servant, as his servant, I accept. Or as his servant, be it unto me. Be it unto me, according to your word. From that point, Mary keyed in. Mary keyed in. Someone said, yes, yes, I yes, I also agree, agree, agree. How do you know you are agreeing with the word? How do you know? How do you know? I will show you. Let's look at verse number 40. Because I need to show you. Because sometimes people say, I believe. I agree. I believe. I agree. But a lot of times, they are not in agreement at all. Let's go to verse number what? 39. 39, actually. 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with what? With haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Verse number 41. And it happened when Elizabeth had the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit too. Then she spoke with a loud voice saying, Blessed are you amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of what? Of your womb. Verse 43. What does it say? Verse 43. Um, why is this granted unto me? That the mother of my Lord will what? Will come to me. For indeed, as soon as what? The, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my eyes, what happened? The babe leaped in my womb for joy. But this is what is an indicator to know whether you are agreeing. This is the indicator. Verse Number 39. What does it say? 39. Let's go there. 39. For she would 
merely arose in those days and went into the hay country with his. Let me read it to you in Tipiti. Afterward, Mary rose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. What does that mean? Mary immediately started acting on the word. Words are cheap. Action is the real deal. If you truly believe, your action will follow your words. A lot of times, when people are saying something, I'm watching for their actions because it's in their actions that will reveal whether they truly believe it or not. Let me read it to you from the message because the message is so powerful. The message captured this in such a way that is completely and absolutely spot on. Verse 39, the message Bible says this, Mary didn't waste a minute. Mary didn't waste a minute. You know, it, she didn't waste what? A minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country. She didn't waste a minute. Immediately, she got up and then she traveled there. She ran there. She went there. You know, she agreed. But her agreement was revealed through her actions. Now, verse number 45, especially in the KJV. I love it in the KJV. I'm a student of the word, so I read this. I see this perspective. I want to see the translation that is bringing out the word in a very, very concise and perfect manner. Look at KJV. It says, and I read, reads and I quote, And blessed is she that believe, for there shall be what? A performance of those things which were told her from the law. That if you truly believe, your actions will reveal that. Your actions will follow. Mary did not waste a minute. Mary got up in haste and was running to the house of Elizabeth to share with her what she has heard. Mary got up and ran there. She was not ready to what? To waste any moment. Look at it in New Living Translation. New Living Translation, verse 45. 45. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord will do what he has said. You are blessed because you believe. That means that when you agree, when you believe, what happens is this, the blessings release into your life. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord will do what he has said. Now let me take you to one of my favorites now, TPT. Look at what it says. Great favor rests upon you for you have believed. Everyone spoken to you from the Lord. You know, we've been saying that the Lord will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yet the said time has come. He said, you need to believe it for this great favor to be upon you. He said, great favor rests upon you for your belief. Every word spoken to you from the Lord. Remember the title of this message, Faith for the Impossible. But I've been talking about believing and believing and believing. The word faith and the word believe, they're the same thing. They're two sides of the same coin. Faith is a noun. Believe is a verb. The word faith is the word pistis. The word believe is the word pistil. They're the two sides of the same coin. One is just, one involves what? Acting on the things that you have heard. If you believe, if you are truly believing, you are also walking in faith. And the Bible says you are blessed because you believe that the Lord will do what he has said concerning you. I want to end this message by releasing a word over your life. And as the word is coming, 
You just believe. You just lay hold on it. Because, and don't forget, it is not over until what? Until it is over. Don't ever receive any contrary report to what the Lord has spoken to you. It is a season of supernatural fever. The Lord is arising and having mercy upon you. It is a year of open doors and limitless possibilities. It is a year, if you believe it, it, it then it becomes your experience. But I'm ending with this one. And if you are ready to receive it, rise up wherever you are. Lift up your hands to heaven because I want to release this dimension over your life. It's taken from Ephesians chapter number 3. Verse number 20, that in the midst of the situation that you are, in the midst of the circumstance that you are, concern this word, I want to declare this over your life right now. What is the word? Never doubt. Never doubt God's mighty power to walk in you and to accomplish all these. Never doubt. I'm reading from the TPT version. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dreams. It will exceed your wildest imagination. It will outdo them all. For his miraculous power right now is energizing you. In Jesus' name. I release this word over your life right now. Never doubt. What exactly is the situation that is before you? The Lord is saying, he said, never doubt. Never doubt. God's mighty power to walk within you. Never doubt. I don't know how it can be done. He says, never doubt. Look to the Holy Spirit. Look to God. And you obey whatever he has said to you. Remember, he spoke to Mary. He said, do it this way. He said, do it. this is what will happen. This is what will happen. Mary said, be it unto me. Mary acted on the word that God has given. No action, no results. No action, no faith. No action, no believing. No action, no faith. And if you want, if you doubt, you do without. It's as simple as that. Because the Holy Spirit will say, do it this way. If you refuse to connect, if you refuse to act, if you say, okay, Lord, find another way. I'm not, I'm telling you, he's not going to find another way. He's already told you what you need to do. All you need to do is what? To obey. But it's too hard. That's the problem. That's why you need to ask God for grace. The one who gave you the word is able to make it what? Come to pass in your life. He, yes, all you need is for you to yield and grace is released. Grace is released for you to get it done in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I want to thank you for your word this morning. It's called faith for the impossible. You have made it very clear that in you, there's no word. Nothing is impossible. There's no impossibility in our God. And therefore, Lord, your word that you have spelled out in the name of Jesus Christ will receive the word. Thank you, Father. Thank you for ending this with us that we must never doubt God's mighty power. And Lord, help us, Lord, to hear from the Holy Spirit the things we need to do, the things we need to carry out, the instruction that is given to us. Lord, I pray that nobody will be hard-hearted Knowing what you have spoken to them, and they refuse to yield. They say, no. They refuse to yield. Or they are looking to see whether somebody else will obey or not. No. It's between you and God. 
It's between you. God is giving the instruction to you. He might not give the instruction to somebody else. You just need to obey and follow through and do what he's asking you to do. And then you become what? A candidate for what? For experiencing the word, the impossibility. What others are saying are impossible becomes your possibility. Father, we thank you so much once again. We give you praise. We worship you. We adore you, Lord. Thank you for your word to us. We'll receive it. We'll not be forgetful hearers. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in this might of yours. And start to exercise faith for the impossible.